Welcome to the Courage Queen Podcast. I'm your host, Justine Wenzel, entrepreneur, glam girl, and karaoke enthusiast. For over 10 years, I've been teaching women how to become more courageous by pressing into fear so they can step into their purpose. Whether it's me at the microphone solo or I'm sharing the stage with incredible guests, I'm committed to bringing you the best while sharing the truth that will set us all free. Time to wake up and stop giving fear all the power. I'm bringing tangible tips for more peace and authenticity while simultaneously giving you an ab workout as we weave in comedic flair. So buckle up because it's time to live your best life. Hey you, I am so excited that you are here for another episode. I hope you had a great holiday and you are just gearing up for this new year. I would personally love nothing more than to get completely real with you, rip off the band-aid and tell you how Courage Queen Pod came to be. So let's talk 2020. My goodness, it just keeps going, right? Waking up every day like, let's see, where were we? Oh yes, the pit of despair. And if you got my Princess Bride reference, you are the real MVP of this podcast. Or is it like Doc talking to Marty? Like, whatever happens, don't go to 2020. Or maybe your quarantine experience has been like, what day is it? Sunday, Wednesday, June. (laughs) Let's just breeze through my list of resolutions. Maybe that'll get you in the mood. December 23rd last year, I wrote, stop snacking so much. (laughs) What? (laughs) Take Nate to Italy. You know, like travel war. Right. Right. Entertain more in my new house. (laughs) Oh, God. Good thing I didn't put anything about weight in there because, my God, the stacking has been up. No entertaining in the new house. And taking Nate to Italy, I'm lucky if I can take him to the grocery store. Let's just put it that way. But let's talk about the things that we do. One is we pick way too many things to put on a resolutions list, right? But oftentimes we just overcommit. If you could even call it committing, we're usually all talk and no action. We love starting, but we can never finish. So I want to share a personal story to share how 2020 was different. I know, pandemic, COVID, quarantine, but it was more than that for me. And I think I'm about to kind of blow you away with what I'm about to share here, but I feel like there's a time and a place where vulnerability just needs to be present. So I am just over here praying that this is received in a way that could just bless you, that could encourage you. So here goes. Do you ever choose a word of the year for you? Like one year my word was love. One year my word was resilience. One year my word was like quiet or um, rest. (laughs) I remember that was a very hard one for me. But each year, I really seek quiet time for the weeks leading up to the new year, and I create space for kind of that like intention, that focus, with a word that I believe that God puts on my heart. So last year, I found this idea of courage just everywhere. It was always in my path. So all of December last year, courage kept coming up. 
And I finally ended up landing on the fact that that was going to be my word of the year. However, I never knew that that word would truly mean so much to me and be so much more than I ever anticipated. I was super excited come January. I think a lot of us were when we awaited what 2020 would hold. It was like this golden year. You know, many of us claimed it's crystal clear 2020. Like, this is my year. We've got our resolutions and it's January 1. I was so hopeful. I was anticipating what life was going to be like, how I was going to specifically change things in my life, as you heard by the resolutions list. However, the vibe shifted pretty quickly by the time February 1st rolled around about 30 days later, and I was completely haunted by my darkest truth. It started to terrorize me as I slept. Panic attacks and nightmares that I had had since I was a kid became more and more frequent. The only way I could describe it is I felt like I had to throw up, and it was just like stuck in my chest or my throat, and like that feeling of when that happens before the inevitable, right? So most people make resolutions for a new year, as we know. But I don't know if you actually know like the true percentage. Just four weeks later, after making those resolutions, normally about 80% of us drop these new habits. I didn't want to be that person. At the start of 2020, I made a commitment to my resolution to journal and just have quiet time by myself and with God each day, whether it was five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. It was kind of like I really made this commitment to however crazy the day is or how crazy my life is at a given moment. That's even more of a reason to take time to get grounded at the start of my day. So at this point, I had made it the first 30 days all the way through January. I was so proud of myself. I remember being like, oh my gosh, I've never had this type of consistency before. I had never gone this long without missing a day or more. But like I said, at the time, I had absolutely no idea I was about to do one of the most courageous things or maybe the most courageous thing to date. After weeks of little sleep, nightmares that seemed all too real of my past, I finally broke the silence on the abuse that I had experienced for years. Something that should have never happened between an older cousin and me. The interesting thing about trauma is that you can experience it so young and push it back to a different part of your brain as a way of self-protection. And what I didn't realize is I had done that for 21 years. It was like a locked safe It was something that I kind of glazed over. I pretended that it didn't happen. I often just would go through in my mind and say, there's absolutely no way that this actually happened, but I knew in my heart of hearts that it did. And for years, I pretended that it didn't happen. I had no intentions of just opening that locked box, but God had other plans. This year became the year of courage for me as I weathered a storm that I still cannot fully believe was my story, all the while battling the shame and these horrible memories that accompanied it. Four months prior to that, I was in such denial to the point where 
I started going to therapy because I wanted to be more proactive in my mental health. I had all these positive intentions that were kind of based on the nudging that I felt within myself that I should be going to therapy. But it was almost like God brought me through the back door in a way where I could think that I was doing it for the greater good of being proactive and developing better boundaries and emotional management because these were all the things that I was learning in therapy. And I showed up and when my therapist asked me, you know, why are you here? And I said, I just want to better myself. I want to be more aware. I want to be healthier. I think that she had to know that there were deeper things going on. And like I said, God had other plans. One of the main things that I said, which a lot of people who have been in abusive type of situations say, is that they have so much fear. And then when asked, what are they afraid of? They just say, I don't know. And that was how I was. I had so much fear, but I had no idea where this fear was coming from. I pushed this stuff down and back into my brain so well that even I convinced myself that it wasn't there. So here I was, 31 years old, dropping a bomb on my family about a secret I had kept for far too long. 2020 was starting off very different than anticipated. I think it was only a matter of time before we all came to that conclusion. And I continued to submit to journaling and intensive therapy while I chose to isolate myself because, to be honest, the emotional exhaustion was just way too much for me. I was focused on healing and leaning on other people for support of my incredible family. It was some of the darkest days that I've ever faced. It is a sheer miracle, and I can speak this in complete truth, that I feel I'm on the other side of that trauma. I have to tell you that if you haven't given your life to the only person that actually has control over it, I don't believe I would have had the same outcome. It was by facing my greatest fears and surrendering it this past year that I realized I had harbored a habit I'm not proud of, a habit of ignoring one of fear, anxiety, and one that had manifested in many health issues and negative self-esteem most of my life. I realized I had to figure out a way to break that. My commitment and resolution to journaling I had made became a key component of that journey for me. I had to have the courage to start before I even knew how that skill was going to benefit me and how it ended up radically changing my life. I keep a journal next to my bed and every day I write down what I'm grateful for. And even in the midst of heartache and the trauma and all I was feeling, what I wanted God to take away, how hard it was to walk through what I was walking through, how many times I just burst into tears because it was just too much. But I was committing and reminding myself what would never happen again. And over the past 11 months, I feel my story has been rewritten. I have a chance to finally be free, to finally be myself and who I always wanted to be. And I realize how my decision to hold on to and harbor that pain because of the fear had kept me from freedom. In the midst of my own personal struggles, enter pandemic. Along the way, I had to be 100% committed to healing. I'm just amazed at how God just aligned everything to prepare me for that. So I want to talk to you today about how to let go. How is it that we don't carry our failures, 
our trauma, our heartbreak, and our hurt into this new year. You know, I'm not an expert, but I'm hoping that since we are truly all navigating this together, that I could encourage you on maybe where to start. For me, I've come to find that sometimes it's not about what we have to start doing, but what we have to stop doing. You know, when I landed on the word courage for 2020, you have to kind of prepare yourself for what's expected of that. Like, okay, what does that mean? You know, and I thought about it in small terms, like having the courage to get out of my comfort zone more, have the courage to try new things, courage to say no or create more boundaries and respect myself. All the things that I've been learning and those key themes that I had really been digging into that four months of therapy before my life fell apart, before it could fall together. You know, maybe you don't have a radical change that's happened in 2020. Although I feel like in some way that there's no way that you couldn't have some type of major change or revelation after all we've all been through. We didn't expect it to go on for this long and we're just starting to peel back the onion on what this is going to look like and what this time frame is going to continue to be while simultaneously trying to hold it all together. But what have we learned? You know, we've been in this now for, gosh, I can't even believe it. We're coming up on close to a year in a few months. Things did become crystal clear after all. You know, talking about things to stop doing, maybe we've realized that we need to stop overworking ourselves, that we need to stop meeting others' expectations, stop glorifying busy, stop trying to be friends with everyone. Maybe we need to stop glossing over deep-rooted political issues and racist issues. Maybe we need to stop negative self-talk or judging others. Maybe we need to stop not prioritizing therapy and mental health. You guys know the list goes on. But truthfully, I've seen so many amazing things come out of this incredibly difficult year. I've seen real relationships and friendships grow deeper. I found more of my truth. I found ways that I could be courageous, selfless acts of generosity and communities coming together. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing all of the horrible things that have come alongside that because those are always going to be there. But whatever you focus on expands. So fill in the blank. When I focus on lack, I'm seeing more lack. When I focus on problems and negativity, I will see more problems and negativity. Gosh, there could be like so many more examples of that I could give, but let's just like keep it short. All of the growth, all of the healing and the peace that I have come to find in this season all started with the commitment to journal every day. And I didn't even know it at the time. But I knew that more time with God was the answer to a lot of the questions I was asking. His timing is perfect. I believe that. And he has been preparing my story for me. I want to share my story in hopes that even just one person listening could feel like they weren't alone. I want to give you the permission that you don't even need to seek your truth and find the best version of who God created you to be. You aren't going to find it holding on to safe, normal You're not going to find it paralyzed in fear. The fear does not go away. You simply need to decide to stop giving all the power to it. Why something happened doesn't change what happened. And what happened only has the power you give it to control you. If I'm being honest, the pain we often keep trapped inside, it doesn't stay buried. It seeps out of us through these decisions and into the relationships. And I had to start noticing signals to grow. I had to be committed to staying curious. 
Like, what is this trying to teach me? How will my ability to fully feel and embrace all that I'm feeling right now and the tragedy of it, how can I shift it and be a gift to others who have been entrusted to me, like my nieces, my clients and friends, my family, the people that I believe have been put in my path for a reason. There's people that will have similar stories. And I've already had the gift of being able to hear some of those stories because I was courageous enough to share mine and heal in the process. So stay curious. You guys, I had to focus on how I would like to respond on the other side of the pain rather than focusing on all the things that I feared. So just to be very transparent with you, here are some of the questions that I asked. How do people that are healed and on the other side, how do they react to things that trigger them? How do they think? What do they say? Who are they at their core? How does it feel to be healed? How does it feel to live my dream once I've gotten there? I had to literally put myself in the shoes of someone who was already on the other side, even when I was devastated in my fear. You know, maybe your questions are different. You know, who could I be when I have more choices for my family? What kind of spouse do I want to be? How would I speak to people that I love and care for? How would I give back to others? If I was able to do what I love full time, what would my life look like? Who would I have valuable relationships with? How would the conversations be different? What is the impact that's bigger than me? You know, I had a responsibility, not only to my nieces, but to women that I knew might not be at the same place as me to have the courage to come forward and to break the silence on what happened to me. You have to start asking yourself the right questions. When we put all these things in place like resolutions and a plan for healing or we're going to let go of things, it's easier said than done, right? But you need to have a development plan. Is it scheduled? You know, you'll know your priorities by how you spend your time. It's that simple. If you're serious about healing, growing, improving, gosh, losing weight, increasing confidence, like growing a business, you fill in the blank. It will be on your calendar. It'll be a plan appointment. And for me, it was. It was on my calendar as a therapy appointment. It was on my calendar as quiet time by myself. It was on my calendar for what my family priorities were, working on a side hustle if you have one, making the time to work out if that's a priority to you. And you guys, if you're struggling with this, just know that if something's not a priority, it's probably just best to admit it. Truthfully, you'll find a way or you'll find an excuse. It doesn't get much more simple than that. If it's not a priority, that is totally fine. But accept it. Stop telling people that it is a priority. And get moving in a direction that will serve you and serve the person that you want to be. This is the planning phase. You have to know what motivates you. You have to put accountability and systems in place for when you get lazy or busy or less motivated. So Harvard-trained psychiatrist Sereni Pillay says that most of us spend 46.9% of our days daydreaming anyway. Is that not scary? Like that's half of our day. We're just daydreaming away. So it's very clear that many of us struggle with this ability to help focus our mind in and be more productive in the time that we're giving. But I want us to get to a place where we can be in a peaceful place of rest and refueling so that we can go all out, 100% in to what we're called to. 
So how can you start small? Like, how can you start before the fact? You know, this is your dress rehearsal to whatever you want to start putting in place. Why couldn't you start this week? It doesn't have to be like starting January 1st. You could start this week before that new year even begins. You could test drive your resolution. You know, something that helps me with a lot of things, because really we try to take on way too much. We really have these resolutions and these lists that are so long, but really realistically, we can only accomplish one to two of them. So why do we psych ourselves out? Why is no one talking about the fact that we need to be more laser focused on that one to two thing on our list? Something that helps me is habit stacking. I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like attaching a new task onto something you already do all the time. It's already a habit. So if you struggle to get your vitamins in, put them right next to your coffee maker. For me, I put my allergy pill that I take at night right next to my toothbrush so that I don't forget to take it. I have five to eight alarms in my phone a day for specific tasks that I can't forget and I want to make a priority. For my journaling, it's right next to my bed with multiple pens and my phone is in the other room when I sleep so that I have to get out of bed to turn off my alarm and then I can grab my journal and start my day. It's not out of sight, out of mind. It's perfectly placed. I plan time ahead of time knowing that I will snooze some days so that I'm not rushed in the morning. That is a huge issue for me. And so I've had to put things in place to combat that. Our resolutions need to be specific and measurable. This is why last year I decided to just focus on journaling. Because I knew that if I could truly commit to that one thing, I knew that it would spill over into other areas. Now, let's just be clear. I did put some other resolutions that clearly did not get met, but you can obviously tell how committed I was to those. So I had to pivot. More often than not, the quiet time kept me grounded. It helped me feel all the feels. It helped me become more aware of how my emotions were affecting my day-to-day and what I was saying to people in my life, how I was responding to things that were happening. And a lot of times I answered my own questions or came up with ideas in that quiet space. You know, I created a posture of being able to receive. Another thing I want to share is that we need to level up our circle if we are serious about changing things in 2021. You know, when you hang out with people who eat healthy, most likely you're going to make healthier decisions. When you hang out with negative people, you are more likely to become negative. And I don't care if you are the most positive person in the world. Your vibe attracts your tribe, but it's more than that. They will help hold you accountable to your goals. They will not tell you what you want to hear. They will not enable you to make poor decisions. So check your circle and evaluate. And I will say with full confidence that my circle is smaller and I've never been happier. Because my relationships feel more intimate, rich, and intentional. If you're like me and you struggle with wanting to be super close with everyone, take it from me, you are robbing yourself of pure joy and happiness. Tighten that circle. You will be glad you did. Invest in those relationships, more energy and more time. It will take you far. You're not alone. And facing your life is how you begin to heal. Whatever pain that maybe you're experiencing or have experienced this year, maybe it's chasing you because it needs to be held and loved. Maybe it needs to be known and made to feel safe within you. This is your healing. It's not your destruction. And healing is how newness manifests itself in this world. So stop resisting it. 
stop holding on to it so tight. Along the way, I found people that I needed to forgive. And I didn't realize how much that made a difference in lightening my load. So I want to ask you, who do you need to forgive? What are you gripping so tightly to? Have you ever thought of the fact that maybe it's blocking your blessings? It is. I pray that you can release what is not serving you, whether it's holding you hostage or silently struggling because you don't have to be who you've always been. John O'Dontru stated, May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquilities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future graced with love. Wishing you the best in this coming new year of 2021. Talk to you next time, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved it, would you send it to a friend who could be encouraged? Or share it on social and tag me so I could personally thank you for sharing the sweet sauce. For more episodes, check out and subscribe to Courage Queen Podcast, where we share fresh perspectives and stories for people who have the guts to be vulnerable and grow through what they go through. You can also join the conversation on Instagram at Courage Queen Pod. As always, thanks for being here. Courage starts with showing up.